Hello, my name is Frank, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And my phone number is 408-691-0818. But I am full for sponsoring, but I, I do accept the outreach calls and texts. Texts are preferred, actually. So um, I'm here because I do qualify as a 100-pounder. I Let me first tell you my weight history before I get into the rest of my history. My top weight before I came to OA was 430 pounds. I actually walked in the door at OA at 380 pounds. And within the first year in the program, I got down to 200 pounds, which is my goal weight. And I stayed there for about eight or nine years. And then I gradually went into a period of alternating relapse recovery, relapse recovery. And during that period, I got to a higher top weight of 460 pounds. And most of the time, I was probably in the 350 to 400-pound range. That was kind of my home range. And I, um, I started my current abstinence 16 years ago, and I was at 400 pounds when I started my current abstinence. And now I'm close to my 200-pound uh, goal, goal weight, but I'm a, a little bit above it right now. And I, and I claim 16 years of imperfect abstinence. So I started my current abstinence 16 years ago. And it's only imperfect, and that's why it's a little bit above 200 pounds because I'm not perfect about it. So, and I've been in the I've been in the program for 43 years altogether. Um, so I've been I've been here for a long time. And I never actually left the program, even when I was in relapse. But I didn't come very often when I was in relapse, and I came more often when I was abstinent. So the answer is come to the program often. That that's what helped me. Let me back up and tell you what happened before OA. I was raised in a very traditional church, and I really got into science and physics, especially in high school. And I, you know, I basically could prove that God didn't exist using my physics and science. I mean, God would have to violate the laws of physics, and the laws of physics are accurate. We don't, we don't see any inaccuracies in the laws of physics, and therefore God doesn't exist. So I basically converted to atheism on my own in high school, and then I. Um, Went away to college, and I put about uh, 40 pounds on in my freshman year in college because they had unlimited seconds there. And I uh, kept going up and up in weight in, in, in my undergraduate career. And then I came out to California to go to graduate school, and I put even more weight on. That's where I got to my top weight of 430 pounds before the program. And I... Um, you know, but I was an absolute atheist, and, and I, I had to get into OA. There's somebody that's unmuted. I had to get in OA early, uh, before the Internet, because if I had known that OA was about uh, spirituality, I wouldn't have come. So the way I got here was I didn't even have a, a big enough bottom one with just the food to come to the program. I also got into alcohol and other drugs um, uh, compulsively. But the food was the first addiction, and the food has been the hardest addiction. I've actually got 42 years clean and sober with the other, other substances, but obviously food I've had more of a struggle with. But food was the original addiction, and, um, and let's see, what was I talking about? So I, um, the, the bottom that got me to come into the program is that I was friends with this woman at work, and then we were more than friends for a while. And then she wanted to go back just being friends again. And it was the pain of that that got me to look for some help. 
I called a local medical clinic and they said that uh, a therapist had come and given a talk about weight loss, so they gave me his number. I called him and he said that he'd take me on as a client, but I'd have to go to Overeaters Anonymous meetings simultaneously at the same time. So I looked up Overeaters Anonymous in the phone book, you know, this is before the internet, thank God, and there was a phone number there. I called it, somebody called me back and they told me where a meeting was. I went to my first meeting and that's when I discovered that this was a spiritual program. And luckily it was a very small meeting, so they let me cross-talk and ask, how can an atheist work this program? And they tried to reassure me that you don't need to believe in a traditional higher power. You can use any, anything that works for you as your higher power. You can use the meeting as the higher power. Um, and so I, I didn't quite believe it. But somebody at that meeting loaned me the, the AA Big Book. They loaned me the AA Big Book. This is before there was any OA literature, so all we had was a literature plus OA pamphlets back then. So I took the, the A big book home and they said, read the chapter We Agnostics. So I took the book home, I read that chapter, and then I was convinced that OA was not for me because the only message I got from that chapter was, if you stick with us, we will convert you. And I did not want to be converted, thank you. I was very happy in my atheism. But I had another little dose of pain in the week between the first meeting and the second meeting. And if I hadn't been given the if I had been given the book, big book as a gift, I probably wouldn't have gone back to the second meeting. But I figured I had to go back and return the, the big book. And I was a little more willing to listen to them when they said I didn't need to believe in a traditional higher power. So I ended up going to a third meeting on the same day that I went to the, my, second, my, first, my second meeting. My first two meetings were at noon on Wednesday. And I went to a Wednesday night meeting down in San Jose, which was a much bigger meeting with like 40 people. And there I got the hope that I needed because this man stood up there and he was a thin man standing up there in front of the room and he had said that he had lost over 100 pounds and had kept it off for years. That gave me the hope that this program could work. So I, I kind of plunged into the program. I got a food sponsor. Notice I didn't get a step sponsor because the steps had the word God in them. The food I could handle, you know, I could count calories and, and uh, you know, I, with my physics and background, Counting calories is the law of conservation of energy. Of course, that's what's going to work. So I um, started losing weight rapidly, and a man volunteered to be my step sponsor. I didn't ask him, but he had cut out of the, been cut out of the same mold I'd been cut out of. Had been an atheist. He had multiple addictions. He had to lose over 100 pounds when he came to the program, and he volunteered to be my step sponsor. And, you know, I could take the first step easily. I was powerless over food. I had demonstrated that all my life. That's what got me to 400 plus pounds. So for the second step, he tried to, to uh, first of all, get me to give up the debate. You know, what good did my little proof that God didn't exist, what good did that do me in my life? Well, that didn't do me any good at all. But if I could come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, what good would that do? Well, being restored to sanity would be a good thing. So he got me to give up the debate, and then the next thing he got me to do was to act as if, and to pray even though I didn't think I was praying to anything. So I tried saying the serenity prayer, and more often than not, what I got was some serenity, and that's usually what I needed because I was usually trying to change some person, place, or thing that wasn't doing what I wanted them to do, and if I said the serenity prayer, I was able to, to accept that and, and uh, you know, be, be more serene. So that's what got me to, to start working the program. I, and and what, I got, what it got me to do is just to create my own higher power. And so I, I used the meetings as the higher power. That was my initial higher power was the meetings. 
By the way, if I could rewrite any step, I would change step two, which says, came to believe that a power greater than ourself could restore us to sanity. I would change that to gathered evidence that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Because that's what I've continued to do, done, do for the past 43 years. I'm gathering more and more evidence that if I turn my will and my life over to the care of my higher self, oh, by the way, that's the, that's the name I use for my higher power. I call it my higher self. Then I will be able to uh, be, be more at, at peace and um, at one with the world and not be fighting everybody and everything. And so I'm gathering more and more evidence that this higher self, higher power can restore me to sanity. So let me talk a little bit about my higher power. I said I initially used the group as a higher power. And, you know, the both OA and AA literature both talk about intuition as being a conduit from God to get, tell us what we should be doing. You know, if you, if you ha are faced with some decision, uh, the big book recommends that you pray about it, and then wait for that intuitive thought. And that intuitive thought was supposed to be God's answer to what you should do. And so what I did basically was I, I turned that intuitive thought into my higher power. Whatever part of my brain is producing that intuitive thought that I hear in my head, that's my higher power. That's my higher self, higher power. And the, the lower self is Frank. Frank is the addict. Frank is the compulsive overeater. Frank is selfish and self-centered. Frank wants everybody to do what Frank wants them to do, and, uh, and they got to do it right now. So Frank is the, Frank is the problem. Frank is the addict. And the higher self is the solution. And if I can turn my will and my life over to the care of my higher self, then I can then I can uh, make some progress in this program. So that's that's what I've been doing. And, and in fact, I've gone on and and made a more elaborate theory of the higher self. But it's uh, it's it's not an it's an outside issue, so I'm not going to talk about it here. But I'm trying to write a book about it, uh, about describing my higher self, higher power, uh, to help other to help other atheists work a spiritual program. In fact, one of the things I call myself is I call myself a spiritual atheist. And I call myself spiritual because I do a lot of different kinds of spiritual practices. But I call myself an atheist because I still don't believe that God created the universe. I don't believe there's a God that created the universe and that's going to judge us after we die or anything like that. But there is a higher self within me that can help me to be abstinent. And that's where I've gotten my abstinence from. I've not gotten it from my, my own willpower. My willpower is what got me to that, to that state. And by spiritual practices, I've made a list of spiritual practices that I, that I try to use. And I don't use all these all the time, but this is the, the, the kinds of spiritual practices I'm talking about. First of all, there's prayer and meditation. Those are recommended by the big book. Forgiveness. Living in the now is, you know, instead of living in the past or living in the future, living in the now is where spiritual awakening happens. Gratitude, you know, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Surrender to my higher power. Acceptance of other places, people, and things exactly as they are. Trusting that the that everything's going to turn out okay. And then finally serving others. And, and that's how I can get out of my selfishness and self-centeredness. So, um, Let's see, what should I talk about now? Oh, I, let me talk about what I abstain from. Uh, and I actually got this from somebody at a meeting, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe, something like that. And I recently talked to them, and they don't remember saying this at the meeting, but I definitely said it, and I adopted it. So this is what I abstain from, and I abstain from four different things. First of all, I abstain from starting over, and then I abstain from perfectionism, 
and I abstain from negativity, and I abstain from leaving OA. So let me talk about abstaining from starting over. During my, uh, my, my relapse, what would happen is I would eat too much food at a meal, and I'd say, oh, I blew it. You know, I'll start over tomorrow. Starting over tomorrow is what I was always doing almost every single day. And what that meant is I'm going to cram as much food as I can into my mouth from now until, until I wake up in the morning tomorrow. And then tomorrow, that's when I'm going to be absent. And that's a guarantee of failure because tomorrow I might just as soon continue that and I'll put it off for another day and another day. I mean, I literally went through days, weeks, months, maybe even years of starting over tomorrow and each day, you know, failing and then starting over tomorrow and starting over tomorrow. So there's no starting over anymore. If I have a meal that's got a little bit more food than I really wanted to have at that meal, I start over immediately. It's not starting over tomorrow. It's not even starting over the next meal. When I finish that meal or when I notice, oh, I've had more food than I want, I try to stop right then. I stop right then. I don't finish the plate. I push the plate away when I realize I've had too much and, and, and just uh, start immediately. There's no starting over. And like I said, that's also part of no perfectionism. You know, I don't have to have perfect uh, abstinence. I only claim imperfect abstinence. I have 16 years of imperfect abstinence right now. And negativity is uh, something that I, I want to abstain from, but it's probably the thing that I do less, less well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not very good at not being negative. I can be complaining about this and that and the other thing, politics, you name it, traffic, whatever, other people, places and things. I can be negative and complaining. And then the final thing that I'm abstaining from is from leaving OA. You know, even if I gain all my weight back up and I get up, up over 400 pounds again, I am not leaving OA. This is the answer. There isn't any other answer out there for me. So, so that's my four things that I abstain from. I, I abstain from starting over, perfectionism, negativity, and leaving OA. And, you know, the, the problem that I have is that I'm selfish and self-centered. And that's what the big book says on page 62. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our problems. And another, another time at a meeting, somebody uh, set, gave a little, it's not exactly a poem, but it's kind of a quiz, am I selfish? It's the am I selfish quiz. And I've added a couple of phrases to it. So, so here it is. This is the am I selfish quiz. And this is what shows me that all of, all, all the kinds of character defects like resentment, anger, fear, guilt, remorse, jealousy, envious, and self-pity are all really rooted in selfishness and self-centeredness. So here's the am I selfish quiz. If I am resentful, it is because someone did not do what I wanted, that, what I wanted them to do in the past. They did not do it my way, and that is being selfish. If I am angry, it is because someone is not doing what I want them to do right now, they are not doing it my way, and that is being selfish. If I am fearful, it's because someone will not do what I want them to do in the future. They will not do it my way, and that is being selfish. If I feel guilty or remorseful, it's because I got my way at your expense, and that is being selfish. If I feel jealous or envious, it's because someone has something I want, and I want it now, and that is being selfish. If I feel self-pity, I excessively worry about my troubles, and that is being selfish. So all those things, and you know, if, if anybody can come up with more stanzas, I'd, I'd love it. Tell me another stanza that I can add to this poem to uh, prove that you know all all of the 
all of the negative character defects that I have all come from my selfishness and self-centeredness. And, and you know, that, that's, that's, the, that's the whole thing. It's the selfishness and self-centeredness. That's the root of our problems. That's where resentment comes from. That's where anger comes from. That's where fear comes from. The fear is what's going to happen to me in the future. The uh, anger is about what's going to happen, what's happening right now that's not the way I want it to be. And the, and the resentment is about uh, what happened to me in the past that I didn't want to have happen. So um, let, me, let me talk about steps one, two, and three. I've got three minutes and some seconds left over here. So step one, we admitted we were powerless over food. Their lives become un uh, unmanageable. The big book talks about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. That's what it means to be powerless over food. The allergy of the body is that once I start to compulsively overeat, I can't stop. And the obsession of the mind is the thing that's going to get me to take that first bite eventually. It may not happen right away. I, you know, I might obsess about eating and I get away with it for one day and I obsess it, you know, next day. But then finally at some point my obsession will turn into taking that first bite. Then once I've taken that first bite, the allergy of the body kicks in and I'm off and running and who knows when I'll stop. And my life has become unmanageable. The unmanageability comes because of my selfishness and self-centeredness. Basically, people don't want to be around a selfish and self-centered person. So I can't get other people to do what I want them to do. Um, you know, they, they, won't, they won't agree with me and, and just go along with whatever I'm planning. Uh, now, I talked about the second step. I had, to, I had a hard time working the second step, and my, got, my sponsor got me to give up the debate and to act as if and, um, and go on from there. And then the third step is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Now, this, you know, this, this, this um, decision that we make, the problem is that the thinker, well, I'm sorry, I talked about a thinker, Frank is selfish and self-centered. That's who Frank is. And the selfish and self-centered part of me has lots of shoulds. Things should be this way. Sh things should be that way. And should show up in the past as resentments. They show up in the future as fears. And they show up in the present as anger. So it's the shoulds is what is the problem. And it's Frank is the, is the addict that's addicted to shoulds, what it should be, what people should do, and things like that. So what I need to do is to give up on the shoulds and, and, and pray instead for a change in attitude where I don't go around shooting all over everybody and getting everybody to do what I want them to do. And then we go on to the rest of the steps and make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And, you know, I had a hard time doing that initially. My sponsor, my first sponsor there, kept urging me to start on my fourth step, and I kept procrastinating procrastinating. Finally, one day, he picked me up, and he said, I'm going to take you to the meeting an hour early. So, you know, be ready. And I, so I was ready at 9 o'clock. He took me to the meeting. We sat outside the meeting for an hour. And he brought out a, hand, a, a notebook and a pen and handed it to me and said, here, start on your fourth step. So the reason I've been procrastinating about starting the fourth step is because I knew I was going to have to give it away in a fifth step. And there were some deep, dark, sexual things that I didn't want to talk to anybody about. So I... Instead of actually writing on my four-step right there, I told him about the secrets that I didn't want to tell anybody about. And the miracle is that he didn't kick me out of the car. He didn't tell me, you know, he couldn't work with me anymore. Um, he, he told me about some things in his life that were similar to the things in my life. And it got to be no big deal. So I actually kind of did my fifth step before I started my fourth step. But that got me started on my fourth step. And then I got through all the steps. And... Um, 
I didn't get to talk about, I'm running out of time here, but I didn't talk about how I got into relapse. But that was, again, getting away from sponsors and being more selfish and self-centered. So at that point, I'll stop on my, my talk. Thank you.